Joshua chapter 24. Joshua 24, we're going to start in verse 14. We were in Joshua chapter 1, and Joshua was about to bring the new generation of Israelites into the promised land. Moses has died. Joshua's the new commander-in-chief. He's going to bring the Israelites in. And in chapter 3, he does. They cross the Jordan River. The Israelites are in the promised land, and now they have to battle these giants, literal giants, battle different kings, take over the land because God says it's yours. It's not these pagan kings' land. It's your land. I'm giving it to you. Take it over with my help. I'm going to guide you through it, and we're going to win these battles. And again, remember, it's a picture of the Christian life, that Moses is a type of the law. The law could never bring you into a relationship with Jesus. Works, the law, never brings you into a relationship with Jesus. It's only by God's grace, God's sovereignty, God's, you know, his, his name, his powerful name that brings us into the promised land. And Joshua is a type of Jesus bringing us into the promised land into a new life in Jesus. Joshua's actual name in the Hebrew is, is Yeshua, basically. And that's, where Je- that's what Jesus' name is in the Greek. Yeshua or Yahweh, and it's a transliteration of Joshua in the Hebrew. So Joshua's a type of that. And then the promised land is not a type of heaven. It's not the end point. It's just the beginning of our relationship with Jesus. Because in the life of Jesus, in your Christian walk, there's going to be giants that you're going to have to battle. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be you know, things you're going to have to fight, and God's going to fight for you. And that's the picture of what the Christian life is all about. And then in Joshua, I think it was Joshua chapter 14 or 15, we talked about Caleb, the man that he was, and uh, chapter 14 in Joshua. Caleb and his attributes, a guy that goes very unnoticed in the Bible. Only Caleb and Joshua were the only two people out of three million Jews who made it all the way through the 40 years of the wilderness into the promised land. Everybody else died. It's because of their rebellion. God says only two people are going to cross over, Caleb and Joshua. So Caleb... Yeah, Nick Ganey. Hey, bud. Anyway, love you, Nick. (laughs) All right. I had them do that, so sorry about that. It's anyway. not funny. Oh, it is funny. Anyway. <laughs> Joshua chapter 24. It just got awkward real quick. <laughs> uh, again, in chapter 14, Caleb was the guy that was crossing over to the Jordan um, with Joshua, the only two people that crossed over out of the 40-year wil- uh, desert wilderness journey. And Caleb was a man who was on fire for the Lord. His characteristics were all about Jesus and just who he was in him. And so now we're in chapter 24. We're going to end Joshua today. We're going to finish this book next, uh, in the next two weeks. Next Sunday we'll be in camp. The week after that we'll start the book of Judges. But in Joshua 24, in verse 14 is where we're going to start. Joshua 23 and 24 actually go hand in hand together. If you have a subtitle above chapter 23, mine says Joshua's farewell to the leaders. Joshua's farewell to the leaders. And in Joshua 23, 24, it is Joshua's last word to the Israelites before he dies. He knows he's getting old. He knows he's getting time to to pass from this life to the next. And so he gives one last speech, one last word of encouragement and warning to the Israelites before they start, you know, going through life in the promised land. And they would have to, you know, have have God be their leader. Joshua's passing on. And so Joshua 23 he, he uh, actually has a lot of um, great encouraging words 
for them. In verse 6, look what it says. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law. And then he says also, the Lord has fought for you. That's, uh, that's also in verse, uh, uh, verse 4. And then in verse, um, where is it? Verse 12, he says, but if you turn away and, and, and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, you intermarry with them and associate with them, be sure the Lord God will no longer drive, drive them out. And so he gives warnings. He gives encouragements and warnings. Hey, if you mingle with the pagan, pagan people, God's going to abandon you. If you bless him and worship him, he's going to be for you. So he's given one last encouraging word, but in chapter 24, verse 14, is where we're going to be. And it's a question that Joshua asks the people of Israel, and the biggest question that you and I will have to ask ourselves, even in this life. And it's the question of who are you serving? And that's kind of the title for today, the theme for today is, who are you serving? Who is your master in life? Who are you giving your all to? And Joshua would have one last, ask, one last question that he would ask the Israelites. And it's right here in verse 14. Let's read a little bit, and then we'll go from there. Joshua says, Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord God, the Lord our God Himself, who brought us and our fathers up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites, who lived in the land, and we too will serve the Lord because He is our God. Let's stop there and pray, and then we'll dive in. Father, we thank You for this morning. We ask that You would go before us now as we study Your Word and finish this book of Joshua. God, that it would be a reminder to us on how You are faithful and how we need to serve You right back, Lord, for all the things You've done for us. God, we, we ask that You would just touch our hearts, that Your Holy Spirit would be here, and God, as, as Joshua gives the one last farewell speech to the Israelites, Lord, I pray that it would also be an encouraging word for us as well. Your word never fails. Your word never changes. God, it's still applicable for us today, and we ask that you would just touch our hearts and go before us now as we study your word, and that we ask the question to ourselves, who are we going to serve? And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Well, real quick, I'll... Honestly, we all serve something or someone to an extent in this life. We are always serving something or someone to an extent, sometimes without even knowing it. You can serve something or someone without really even knowing it. You just get in the habit. You get numb to it. You serve something or someone in this life. We all do. That's the way we were created. It's the way we um, interact with people. We were created as worship beings. We were created to worship something. And that word serve can, ba can basically mean work or labor for it or worship. The word serve can mean to work for it, to put all your effort into it, or to worship. So we can serve, we can worship things or something or someone, sometimes without even knowing it. We are always prone to serve something. And Joshua tells the people of Israel to choose this day whom you're going to serve. And then he gives two Basic examples. And for us today, it's basically this. 
Who are you going to serve? God or another alternative? It's one of those two. Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve your alternative? Something else. Someone else. Who are you going to serve? Who am I going to serve? There's only two options. And he says that to ask them this question because he knows that they are prone to wander. These Israelites, again, their forefathers who wandered in the desert for 40 years, stubborn. And he knows that this generation, if they don't learn their, the father's mistakes, they're also going to get stubborn as well and start serving other things or other gods. They're going into a promised land. They've already been in this promised land, battling giants, battling different pagan kings. And they know, and Joshua knows, if you begin to start mingling with them and serve their gods, you're going to forget the Lord. You're going to start serving something else. So he says, choose today whom you're going to serve. Choose this very hour whom you're going to serve. And with us, so many opinions, ideas, new trends in our culture, God is still asking us, and he's still calling us, even so more today, who are we going to serve? There are so many things out there. There are so many spiritual giants, so many spiritual kingdoms out here, different things that are trending in our society and our culture, seeking our attention. Who are we going to serve is even a bigger question more today, I think so, than even then. Who are you going to serve today in the 21st century? 2017, as a high schooler, who are you going to serve? God still asks that question today. So ask yourself, here's some questions. Ask yourself this, am I serving something or someone more than the Lord? Am I, ser am I worshiping something or someone more than the Lord? Do I follow something or someone more than the Lord? And ask yourself this, do I serve, say this, <clears throat> do I serve my iPhone more than, my, more than God's word? Do I serve my iPhone more than God's word? Do I serve the craving of my flesh rather than serve the Holy Spirit? So when you start getting to the nitty gritty and you start looking at basically even petty things like an iPhone or God's word, you can ask yourself, hmm, which one do I serve the most? Which one do I give more attention to? Which one am I prone to go to in times of trouble? in times of doubt, in times of happiness. So the perfect example would be God's Word or our iPhone. Maybe a relationship. Do I go to my relationship first with a girlfriend or boyfriend? Do I run to God first? Am I serving the cravings of my flesh, like Galatians chapter 5 says, or do I serve the cravings of my spirit, what my spirit wants with the Lord? And ask yourself, you can ask yourself, you know, if I'm giving more attention to this thing or this person more than the Lord, then I guess I am serving them more. Because when you look at the eternal perspective and you, you look back at your life, <clears throat> see where God has brought you, and then see what you spend more time doing, who you spend more time with, what attention you, you give to more, you know, to things, possessions, materialism, whatever. That might just answer the question for you. Hmm, I think I'm serving something more than the Lord. It's a very hard question to ask ourselves, but when we look at it, we're all guilty of serving something more than the Lord because we're all sinners. The Bible says that no one seeks God. God seeks us. He sought you. He sought me. And when he changed your heart, when the Holy Spirit came inside of you, then it says that we pursue him. We draw close to him. He draws close to us. James chapter 2. But also, really, we really don't intentionally or initially serve the Lord and seek after Him. 
He comes pursuing after us. And so when Joshua says, who are you going to serve? Make a decision today. Because it's, in the end, it's going to be a spiritual battle within our souls. And Paul would say that in Ephesians, that we're in a spiritual warfare. That's why he says, put on the full armor of God. Because the spirit wants what the spirit wants. The flesh wants what the flesh wants. And Paul says in Ephesians that you're in a spiritual battle against Satan, against his principalities, against the darkness of this world that want to fight every day for your soul. But I love what Joshua, chapter 23, look at verse 3 for, with me. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all the nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. So in our spiritual battles, God is ultimately fighting for us. But he does ask us a responsibility to put on his armor and to choose to fight with him, to serve him. I want to look at some great examples in the Bible of choosing God or another. I want you guys all to go to 1 Kings chapter 18. Just flip to the right. It's not that far. 1 Kings chapter 18. And we're going to start in verse 21. You probably have all have heard of him. He was a famous prophet in 1 Kings. His name's Elijah. And Elijah would ask the people in the land, pagans and believers in God, one simple question. And in 1 Kings 18, I want to start actually in verse, look at verse 20. 1 Kings 18, verse 20. So Ahab, he's the king right now. Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. I want to kind of give you the context right now and then we'll finish the story. Elijah asked this one question. And he asks it to all the prophets of, the, of Baal. Baal was a false god. He was a false god who basically was a god of sexual morality and to offer your, your sons and daughters to the fire. He was, he was a pagan god that the people of Israel got sucked into worshiping. And so Elijah's the prophet sent by God to, to command the people, you need to stop worshiping this false god. And Ahab, a king of Israel, fell into this paganism as well. He's supposed to be a righteous king. He fell into the same paganism. So Elijah says, I want, Ahab, I want you to call all your prophets together. All your prophets, now these are false prophets, call them all together, and we're going to have a little showdown on Mount Carmel. Because Ahab was about ready to kill Elijah. He, had, he, was, he was tired of him. Because Elijah kept speaking truth. And Ahab says, hey, let's just have a battle. Let's see whose God is real. Let's see who's true God. Let's see who is the true God. Your God or our God Baal. So Elijah says, okay, let's summon everybody on this mountaintop, Mount Carmel. I've been there. It's a beautiful place. And Elijah says, look, bring them all out. We'll have a showdown. We'll see whose God shows up. It's pretty cool. And he says, look, if Baal is God, then go ahead, follow him. We'll see what Baal does. But if God, Yahweh, is our God, follow him. And we're going to see what happens. But he asks one question. And then the showdown begins. But the question that he asks is verse 21, what we just read. Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? Enough is enough. How long are you going to go 
and just walk in this life by wavering between two opinions. You can't decide who is who. You can't decide what's right and wrong. You can't decide what's true and what's not true. How long will you keep wavering? And that's why Elijah says, if Baal is God, then go ahead, follow him. But if God is God, if Yahweh is the true God, follow him. And I love, I keep reading the story, it's great. The people said nothing. They basically froze, they don't know what to say. And then it says, verse 22, Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. So get two, bull for us, get two bulls for us, let them choose one for themselves, and let them cut into pieces and put it on the wood, but don't set fire to it. I will prepare, I will prepare the other bull and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. And then you can call on the name of your God, and I'll call the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire, he is God. All right? So it's a test. He tells the people, the prophets of Baal, 450 of them, go get two bulls, one for you, one for me. We're going to build two altars. We're going to cut the bull in pieces, all right? We're going to light it on, we're going to put it in a trench. We're going to put wood around it. And whoever pours down fire on the altar, we'll see which one is God. If Baal pours down fire on yours, then we'll know. But if the true God pours down fire on mine, we'll know. Let's see what happens. It's a showdown. This gets pretty interesting. Look at verse, uh, after it says, he is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. All right, so they like this. Basically, it's a showdown. It's a test. Let's do this, Elijah. Let's do this. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls and prepare it first, since there are so many of you. Call on the name of your God, but do, do not light the fire. So they took the bull given them and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Oh, Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. So the shouting's not working. They're going to start dancing a heavy, heavy dance. See if that will work, wake Baal up. All right? The shouting's not working. They shouted from, from morning till noon. Baal, answer us, Baal. That didn't work. So they're like, hey, Baal, we know he likes dancing. Let's just start dancing. All right? Let's just get some groovy music going on. There's a disco ball right, right above the altar. Let's just start dancing. All right? So they do that. But I love what Elijah does. He starts taunting them. It's amazing. Look at verse 27. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder. Come on, shout louder. I can just picture it. They're just dancing up a storm, shouting even louder. Nothing's happening. Shout louder, he says. Surely he is a god. Perhaps he's deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe your god is just traveling or, or deep in thought or busy. The Hebrew word for busy, you know what he really meant? Was that he was busy on the pot. Basically saying, maybe your God is going to the bathroom. That's why he's not answering. I don't like to be answered when I'm going to the bathroom, do you? So that's what Elijah's saying. Maybe your God is just, you know, on the toilet. He can't hear you. He's busy right now. He starts taunting them. It's amazing. The first trash talking in all the Bible. Perhaps he's deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears as was their custom until their blood flowed. Midday passed, and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice, but there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. So Elijah says, who are you going to serve? They went all day asking Baal, rain down fire, nothing happens. And basically, you guys, if you know the story, you can read the rest of the verses. Verse 30, Elijah said to all the people, come here, you're going to see who the true God is. He prayed to God, fire rained down on the altar, even after Elijah had poured gallons of water on it, just to show how powerful God is. 
and it says the fire licked up the water as well and burned the bull to a crisp, and everything was gone. And it says the people, the prophets, bowed down. They worshiped God. They were in awe. Elijah says, basically, I told you so. He says, but stop wavering between two opinions. God is the God of the universe. He is Yahweh. Follow him. Why are you following a false God? So back to our text, Elijah basically is asking us, how long are we wavering between two opinions? How long are we wavering between serving something else or serving the true God? Elijah says that you have to choose the one true God or choose something else. Choose the one true God or choose something else. We cannot stay in the middle. You cannot have it both ways. You cannot serve Baal and God. You can't do it. Ask yourself, am I wavering too much between God and something or someone else? Am I back and forth between God and the church? Or am I back and forth between the world and something I want to worship? Elijah says to stop wavering between two opinions. Pick and choose. And I pray that you pick God. Because he's already chosen you. The other examples I want to use, and we'll close with these. Matthew 6.24, you don't have to turn there. You can write it down. Matthew 6.24 is the words of Jesus. And Jesus would say this, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, In the context of that one, the people are asking about money and God, and which one should we serve, and what should we do about this. Now in that passage, money is capitalized. Because most scholars believe that that was actually a word in the, in the Greek called mammon. Basically, it was, it was a form of not just money, but materialism. Hey, God, like, which one should we serve the most? You know, we have, to, we have to take care of us, but we also want to serve you. And God says, you can't serve two masters. If we have too much things in our life that are taking us away from God, you're going to start serving that rather than God. God says, you cannot serve both materialism and me. That's what he's basically saying. And how much so in the 21st century right now, how much materialism do we have? Do we accumulate? I already mentioned an iPhone. Everyone in this room, I guarantee it, has some sort of iPhone or whatever Android dumb phone you have, okay, because iPhone is superior. Anyway, whatever you have, everyone's got a phone. <clears throat> everyone's got something. And everyone's got some sort of social media. Everyone's, everyone's got something to connect with the world. And God's saying, you can't serve both materialism and me. Who are you going to serve? You can't do both. And then he gets even more clear in Revelation chapter 3. These are the words of Jesus as well to the churches. Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. Jesus says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold, and I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, you're neither hot nor cold, you're just warm, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Jesus says that. What's he talking about though? He's not talking physically. He's talking spiritually. He's saying, if you are on the fence with me, if you are serving something else and myself as well, you're neither hot nor cold. You're just lukewarm. And God says, I actually would rather you be hot or cold. Hot meaning you're on fire for the Lord. Cold meaning you're following the world. But God says, actually, choose one or the other. I want you to choose something else because I hate anyone that's lukewarm. He's going to spit us out of our mouth. It's just like coffee. I love coffee. Anybody coffee fans in here? Fanatics? All right. I love either hot coffee or cold brew. Warm coffee? It's disgusting. All right. You want it either hot and drink it all down. You want it cold like an iced coffee or a cold brew. Anything warm, it's just nasty. That's the same thing what God is saying, basically. 
He's saying, I want you to be hot for me, or I want you to be cold, and then I'll, dra- and then I'll pour my, my spirit into you, and you can come to me, but don't be right in the middle. Don't, don't follow your friends of this world, but also follow God. You can't do both. You've got to follow your friends either, or follow God. You've got to follow whatever, whatever's trending on social media. You've got to follow that, or follow God. You've got to serve yourself, or serve God. Pick something. God says, don't be in the middle. You can't have it both ways. Elijah's saying, don't, stop wavering between two opinions. If God is God, follow him. Anything else out there, if it's God, if, and it's not, then go ahead and follow him. But Joshua's saying one last thing. He's saying to the Israelites, look at verse, um, go back to chapter 24. Look at verse 15. We're going to close with this. Joshua basically says, hey, we're all human. We all have choices to make. Here's the choice. Verse 15, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you're going to serve. So he says, you know what, guys? If, if serving the Lord is just boring to you, if it's undesirable to you, then serve something else. Go ahead. It won't go well with you in the end, though. You're going to be lost. You're going to be wandering. You're going to be going through another 40 years in the desert of misery, of wandering, of being stubborn. But God says you do have a choice. And he says if it's undesirable to you, then choose something else. But then Joshua says this. He ends with this. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And that's the question that we all have to ask today. Your friends may say, hey, come with us. Come do what we're doing. When are you going to stand up and say, no, no, no. You guys can do that. But for me, I've got to stick to my true values. I've got to stick to my faith in Jesus. And I can't do that. As for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. Ask yourself that question. I'm with Joshua. Me personally, I'm going to be with Joshua. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm not wavering between two opinions anymore. You know, I'm not, I'm not serving both materialism and God. And I know when I'll get so sucked into serving materialism, it's because I, I, I just I feel so alone sometimes that I'm like, wow, I've, gone, I've given all my effort to my materialism. I haven't even begun to serve God, and I've been giving more attention to my iPhone rather than this. And you feel the sense of loss. You feel a sense of hopelessness. It's because we have wavered. We've drifted. Ask yourself today, Am I going to serve something else, or am I going to start serving the Lord? For some of you in this room, that's the big question, because you've been wavering. For some of you, you've been serving the Lord. And then for others, you've been serving yourself or another alternative. You haven't begun to even serve the Lord. So I ask this day, just like Joshua did, whom are you going to serve? Choose this day. Today is the day of salvation, Paul says in Romans. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to make the choice because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Whom are you going to serve? Start today. Am I going to start serving God and letting him bless me and reward me and fill me up with the Spirit? Am I going to start serving another alternative and be empty and be lonely and be lost? I'm going to choose the God that Joshua chose, the God of the universe His name is Jesus Christ. And that's why he came to this earth 2,000 years ago to die for your sins, but we still have to make a choice. Are you going to choose to follow Jesus? Are you going to choose to just follow yourself?
Choose today whom you're going to serve. Today's question that Joshua asks is more applicable and more important today than ever before. Because there are so many things thrown at us that is just asking for our attention. Asking for us to serve it, to serve them, to serve something. But God is still speaking to each one of us. You need to listen to him. You need to hear him. He's saying, serve me and I'm going to be with you. If you serve me, I'm going to bless you back. That's the reward. It's a relationship. It goes hand in hand. God says, if you don't choose to serve me, I'm going to have to let you choose and you're going to be wandering like someone lost. And God hates that. But ask yourself today, are you going to serve the Lord or are you going to serve the world? So raise your hand today. I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to follow him. And I'm not going to be ashamed. Raise your hand. Go ahead. I hope every hand goes up. I'm going to serve the Lord today. I'm not going to serve the world anymore. I'm done wavering between two opinions. And I'm done being lukewarm. I want to be on fire for Jesus and follow him. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. For additional teachings and to learn more about the Cornerstone Chapel Youth Group, visit us online at cornerstonechapel.net.